Welcome to the Surreal Style Experience, where I discuss all things related to confidence and style. So many people don't even realize why they struggle with confidence. And that realization can really feel like an uphill battle. But right here, in this virtual space, the goal is to help supply tools to help you live your most confident and stylish life one step at a time. Hi, I'm Courtney Smith, certified personal stylist with an educational background in psychology and fashion. Obviously, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and believe that style is so much more than meets the eye. Welcome to this safe space. I'm so excited for today because the guest that's going to be here today is an inspiration. She's one of the most motivating people I've ever met. She's been a manager of mine in a previous career, and I tell my friends and family that I always feel energized after having a conversation with the one and only Susan Collins of the Network Concierge. Susan, welcome. Well, that was a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much, Courtney. You're welcome. It's very true. Like, I literally never leave a conversation from you not feeling like I can take on the world. (laughs) Same here. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I always enjoy our conversations and I always learn something either about myself or just ways to just, again, believe in myself. So thank you for all those conversations. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, today we're going to talk about a lot of things that are going to help people with their confidence. And I'm really excited about it because I know it's of major value to people. And I just want to start out by having you you know, we already introduced your name and you're with the Network Concierge. So tell me a little bit about what the Network Concierge is and why you choose to do it. So I am a career growth coach. And what that means is I work with people who are moving their career forward and they need an unbiased sounding board that they can work with to just give it that little extra push to get to where they want to be on their timeline. And why I choose to do it is because in my former life, that life that we talked about, I was a talent acquisition leader. So basically I led the recruiting team and I had a front row seat to watching careers rise and fall. And because I wasn't people's direct manager, sometimes I felt like there were opportunities to help someone get ahead a little faster, to help someone really use their superpowers and I decided that I was going to stop helping companies find people and start helping people really find not only that company, but that long-term career that they desired. Well, I think you chose the perfect profession for you because just based off of the things that I've learned from you, it's something that everybody needs in their life. They need that motivator that's outside of friends and family that can push you. And I feel like you do such a great job at being very transparent in such a positive way, even if it's something what might not be um, the most positive thing, like feedback that maybe is like a coaching moment or something like you are able to push people to make them better. And it's never, you never leave feeling like, oh man, I'm a failure. You know, like you have such a good way with words and motivating people. So I think you found the perfect career. It's really Um, fun. I think that people don't see their full potential because we are so quick to beat ourselves up. Yes, for sure. 
And I think, you know, that's how this confidence aspect of this, you know, the surreal style experience. I mean, the confidence is in every aspect of our life. You know, I'm with style, you're with career. And I feel like they all intertwine and intermix. And in order to be fully confident, we've got to touch on different areas in our life. And that's why I really wanted you on here because careers can really mess with confidence. So I wanted you to kind of, yeah, share a little bit about your own confidence journey and style along with that and like what it's meant to you and how you've moved forward from things. Interestingly enough, as a talent acquisition leader, I've always been in the fashion space. So I am not really sure of my own personal style anymore because I've always worked for retailers who had these amazing stylists. And so you would get 50, 60% discount. I would go in, get ready for a meeting or to speak at a conference or whatever was happening in my life. And I would have that brand that I worked for. I would have their stylist style me. And so that's why I had reached out to you about the mood board and really helping me kind of find my style because I'm not working for a retailer where I feel like I need to represent their brand anymore. And so I am really kind of going through this whole new journey of finding my own style. I've always loved clothes, but style, I don't know that is something that I've ever truly stepped in 100% as myself. And I'm really excited to do that. Yeah, I I think you touch on such a good point, especially for people that work in retail, but really any field that has a dress code. You know, there's so many times where you have to dress a certain way. Like you said, it's either for a brand or for maybe a corporate company that's, you know, suits or something that's more elevated that maybe is not necessarily your style. And it's easy to kind of lose your identity in a way to that brand. So I think it's that's a great point to bring up because I see that a lot in in my field as well. Like hearing people talk about like, all I have is black in my wardrobe because that's what I wore at this job. So it's kind of like, how do you build that confidence back up? And yeah, it's, it's a journey. Again, that's kind of what the biggest theme here is, is journeys. So tell me a little bit more about just your confidence side with your journey. Confidence for me is really just about experiences. The more experiences I can have, the more I can figure things out. And I was so lucky. I don't know how many years ago. It's probably been 15 years ago. I had someone reach out to me who had gotten promoted into a job. They worked for a competitor. They'd gotten promoted into a job that I was doing. And they called and said, guess what? I'm going to do what you do. Will you teach me how to do it? And this person just was so open-minded and so curious that we have moved from friends to thought partners. And I think everybody should have a thought partner in their life, that person that they can go to and say, I've got a crazy idea, or do you think this would work? Or I need to talk this out because when we are in these spaces of unknowing where we're not really sure of the answer, if you have someone that you can turn to who you can talk through something with no judgment. It's Mm -hmm. a game changer. So for me, I am one of those people who has kind of, I know this doesn't sound good, right? But sometimes you've got to fake it till you make it. There's um, a lot of trial and error on my part. And I've 
really become comfortable with who I am. So I know sometimes I can appear a little goofy, but that's just kind of part of who I am and how I show up. And I think that it also lends to me not being afraid to say, well, I screwed that up or I messed that up or let me try it again. And and that took me a lot of years to get there, right? Because I was raised in an environment, the fashion industry can be brutal. They back in the day expected you to be proud and perfect and you need to show up and do everything right. I had a leader that told me I wasn't going to go anywhere because I used my hands too much. And she was kind of the breaking point for me where I realized that if they didn't like the way I talked, that was fine. I would go somewhere else. And then I had another leader who really helped me see my potential, which I don't think I saw at the time. And is our first probably, I don't know, six weeks, six months. I don't know. They were rocky because she saw my potential and I didn't. And I was afraid to step up to the plate. But after we started working together, that's when my career really started climbing. I think it's so important what you just said, like finding a leader that believed in you because that's not the easiest thing to find sometimes. Can you talk about, you know, I, I know I watch a lot of your videos that you post and you talk a lot about being an advocate for yourself. Can you talk a little bit more about that and ways that people could advocate more for themselves? Yes. So when I work with clients, I believe that there are eight career narratives that you need to drive to move your career forward and advocating. Really tricky one because when you're advocating for yourself, you can come off as kind of pompous, self-centered jerk, right? But you do need people who will stand up for you. The best place to start is to advocate for others. When you're advocating for others on your team, when you're advocating for your peers and those around you, you're really advocating for yourself. You're advocating for your ability to collaborate, your ability to see differences in people, your ability to see skills and star qualities in other people. And when you become known as that person who advocates for others, they want to do things for you. So that's my first tip. And then my second tip is you do need to have a boss and we do choose our, our leaders eventually, right? You, you may go to work for one leader, but once you get experience, you can make decisions if you want to stay in this job and work for this leader or move jobs and work for another leader. And it's really important that you pick a leader who has enough organizational influence and savvy that they can influence an organization and you have to ask them to advocate for you. It may sound something like, Courtney, I know we've just finished this project. I really appreciate your feedback. When we close this out, will you, you know, get on the phone with me and my supervisor and let's recap, recap what we did well, do a little hindsighting, talk about what we can do better, but I hope you'll talk about the great partnership that we had during this process. I mean, that right there was just a great example of like taking control of a conversation with absolute respect during the whole time and still asking for what you want to get what you want. And I feel like that was such a good example to share with everyone to show like how easy it could actually be because it is easy to get in our heads to ask for someone to advocate for us because it's like, will you do this for me, please? And it's like awkward sometimes. So I love that you shared that. And when we, 
use words that make us small and and beg or please or whatever whatever it is then we're actually taking away from our credibility so it is about getting to that comfortable point and it's hard to get to where you know that you did a good job you know that you did the best that you could and part of being comfortable advocating for yourself understanding that you're going to get feedback and taking the feedback and reflecting on that feedback. I think people who can advocate for themselves in a very genuine, authentic, non-threatening way are also really good at saying, you know, I got some feedback from Courtney and she said that I need to be better. I need to go back and ask some questions to make sure that I understand what she's specifically talking about so that I can get better at this. Yeah, I think, again, I think everything you say is genius. So, um, but I want to kind of touch on with my previous career in management. Um, I think of like performance evaluations and it's never, it's always very structured, right? So I think that's right. where the conversations are so good to start is when you get that feedback and ask more whys. Because I feel like you get in that mindset where it's like, okay, this is my review. This is, I'm just going to accept it. And that's what it is. And you might think something that you're reading is super negative when maybe that's not what the intent was behind it. So I think, you know, not every organization has that perfected where it's almost that open door policy to feel comfortable to talk about the feedback. You, I've been taught in my life, at least, like you need to give respect and you need to just accept the feedback, basically. So there's a lot of things that some people are taught that would be disrespectful if you're questioning things. And I would even change that instead of saying why, because why can put people on the defensive. Mm -hmm. I would ask questions that are start with like what or who or you, you could ask questions that are like, who could tell me more about that? Or who do you think does a really good job of that so that I can watch them? What examples do you have that you can share with me so that I can put this back in context and do a better job next time? When you ask why, why is that? Why do you think that? It almost puts them on the defensive. And when you start to change your language and start to ask, what else do I need to know? What person does this better than I do? It starts to help give you examples versus, you know, the thing that I always want to say is mom is right because I said that right. They, when you ask questions that get people a little more curious, then it will help you get better feedback. Mm -hmm. Perfect. I All think right. that when you are, struggling at work, it is okay to say I'm struggling. And when I was in corporate America, I would see people struggling. And instead of coming to someone and saying, what can I do better? You know, I'm struggling. I need help. They would go underground. And when you go underground, then mm -hmm. a couple of things happen. Either people think that you've given up or they think that you just don't have the skills or they think that you don't have the self-awareness around the situation. And all three of those things are bad. So if you are struggling at work, it's important to admit it to yourself and then advocate for the journey that you want to have. I know that I'm really struggling to grasp this concept, 
However, I want to be a great producer. I want to make this project successful. I'm going to need a little support or I need a little help. And asking for that help during the difficult times is just as important as asking for somebody to advocate for you during the successful times. I love that. It is um, something hard to admit to ourselves that we should ask for help. For some reason, it seems like a lot of people don't want to ask for help because they feel like it's viewed as a weakness. But really, it's to me, it's a strength because you're reaching out and you want to do better. And I feel like if people realize that that's kind of what leaders do want to hear, because, you know, leaders don't know that you need help unless you ask them. You are so right. And we have been taught that not understanding something or needing help is failure when that's really a strength and that's where you grow. That's where you build your self-assurance. That's where you can sit down next to somebody and say, let me show you a different way to think about this. It's, our brains all work differently and being able to build that confidence in others and being able to admit that we need it. When, when I ask somebody for help, I'm actually helping build their confidence because they get an opportunity to come teach me something that I don't know and it will build their confidence, our partnership, our collaboration, and it makes things better in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yes. Something else I've heard you talk about that I think is going to be really valuable for people is it's kind of a two part, like one, when you're realizing that you might need to leave a career and like how you take those steps to go forward. And then also the interview process, like there was something you were telling me the other day to advocate for yourself in an interview. And that to me is the most intimidating ever, because to me, at least in my own personal career journey, I've just accepted things the way they were presented to me and went with it. Like I didn't, I was never taught to advocate for myself and to negotiate and all of the things that come with an interview and a job offer and acceptance. So can you talk on that a little bit? Well, I will start with leaving a career because a lot of my clients come to me because they're trying to decide, should I stay or should I go? They've got a successful career. They're moving things forward, but they're either not sure they're happy or they are not sure that they're on the right track or things aren't moving fast enough. So they're trying to decide, should I stay in this place that I'm at or should I leave and take a risk and give up something that's good, but I feel like there could be more out there. And so that journey is a really exciting journey once I say to them, the best journey takes 12 to 18 months. So it's not about making a decision today because they show up on my doorstep and they think, I have to decide, can I stay? Can I go? What do I do? But when you show up ready to explore and look at things differently, to really look internally within your organization, what is my career path here? What are optional career paths here? What partners have I not made that might help my career move forward? And then also look externally the decision becomes more clear. And I've had it go both ways with clients. I've had clients say, I'm so glad that we did this. I'm not leaving. And then I had clients that have said, oh, it's become clear. I've got to go. The scary part is not knowing. 
but they don't know that until they start doing the homework. I hear a lot of uh, people say that they feel guilty leaving because they're worried about leaving somebody behind, but you've got to look at your leadership as a present moment and a future state. So in your present moment, you're doing everything you can to make your team successful, to help them be successful, to lead them, to make them better. But there might be another team out there that needs your skills and is going to enhance your skills and make you an even better leader. And that might be a reason to leave. And as for the interview process, let me tell you something. I interviewed, I've interviewed thousands and thousands of people in my career. And some of the people who showed up with the most confidence, big bravado, they were not always the best candidate. So it's important that you show up and be yourself in an interview. It is your time to brag. You should talk about all of the great things that you can do. You should prepare that list and be prepared to talk about it with examples. But you need to do it in a way that's authentic so that if you're the right person for the job, you're hired for the right job. And that's really important because if you act like someone else in the interview, when you show up to do the job, the hiring manager is like, who is this person? That's not the person I interviewed. And, and the struggle starts from the beginning. In the interview process, it's important to stand up for yourself during the process, but it's also important to negotiate. And that negotiation, asking for more money, thinking about the insurance, whatever the case may be, when you get an offer because you've done a great job during the interview process, the first thing you should say is, I'm so excited to get this offer. I have enjoyed getting to know everyone. I'm looking forward to the offer in writing. Can you send me a list of the benefits, a copy of the insurance prices, whatever the case may be, get it all in writing. Sit down and look at it and see if it's still as good of a deal on paper as it sounded during that moment of excitement when your ego was all pumped up because you got the offer. That's great advice. Cause it, I mean, you are kind of on a high, like, Oh my gosh, I got the job. I got the job. And you're just like, yes, yes. If it's something you were like really excited about, but yeah, seeing it on paper is a whole other idea to think about. Totally different game. And people think that if they ask, it means that they're not interested. If you ask, you're just advocating for yourself. You're asking to see the entire offer. An offer is not just about salary. An offer is about bonus and cost of benefits and vacation time or PTO time. My husband just got a new job and his first day, he knew he knew that he got his birthday off, but on his first day, they sent him a meeting planner and it said day off and it was on his birthday. It is the little things sometimes too that make the big difference because it talks to you about not only how they value you from a monetary standpoint, but it talks to the culture. Mm-hmm. Love that. What other advice would you give people when it comes to just, again, that interview process and then kind of, um, what am I looking for? It's just the confidence to move forward in that career and knowing how you represented yourself in that interview and then carrying it into your new job. 
One of the things that I think corporate America has done is that they have kind of taught us that everybody is your competition. They've created this scarcity mentality that like, I've got to get the next promotion. I've got to, I've got to get ahead. I've got to get the next raise. And I would really like to reframe the idea of that really smart person that's in the next cube or the next office or the next executive office is my competition. And I'd like you to start thinking about them as someone that I need to hang out with. Like we need to be hanging out with the smarter people. They are only going to elevate us instead of drag us down. And I think we've all been at a place in our careers where we've hung out with somebody for too long. I've seen it happen. I'm thinking of an exact moment where I know somebody didn't get a promotion because they were hanging out with someone that was negative all the time, that was showing up in meetings negative. And because those two had bonded, she was dragging the other person down. So hang out with the smart, positive people, ask questions, be curious, be happy for people who get promoted. Don't think that was my job. There is another job. It may not be at your company. You might have to find it somewhere else, but there is always room for people who want more, who are curious, who want to learn. And I would say, don't be afraid to make mistakes. I had a executive that I worked for and he would ask during the interview process, tell me about the biggest mistake that you made. If you can tell him a really good mistake He was not interested in you as a candidate because he felt like you couldn't bounce back. You couldn't really take risks. You couldn't do the things that he needed you to do to move the business forward. So mistakes and taking some of those risks are important. And I would also say another piece of advice is do the things that tug at your heart. Don't get stuck in a job you hate. Don't. Don't sit in a safe job. Try something new. There's another safe job around the corner. There are a million safe jobs. If there's something that's really calling you, try it. You can go back to the safe job six months later if you want. Yeah. All good stuff. All, all good. So what is the biggest thing you want people to get from you today that you want to leave them with, that you hope that they just will always take with them. We don't know what other people are feeling internally. We look at them and we make a judgment. I look at you on TikTok and in your emails and I see this really amazing, stylish, fun person who I can get on the phone with. We can, you can text me at nine o'clock at night and I can ask if you, we can get on the phone and we can throw back ideas over and over again. And I had no idea until I listened to, I think it was episode two, your confidence journey. So Mm -hmm. we make these assumptions based off of this little bitty tiny speck of information that we know. And the more curious we are, the more we really understand that we all have our own insecurities. And it is about a journey of self-discovery and being good to ourselves. Yes. It's basically like letting go of assumptions. assumptions. Let it go. Really hard. hard. I can talk about it all day long. (laughs) Really hard to do. I get it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this is all great stuff. As I continue to say, um, Tell us, how can people find you and work with you? Like, who listening today 
should come to you? I get really excited about clients who know there's more, but they don't know where to go. So it is a journey and I want to help people on their career journey, figure out where they want to go, what they want. It is an amazing opportunity to have an unbiased sounding board where you could show up as yourself because coaching is confidential. Your boss has goals. Your boss's boss has goals. Your company has goals. And sometimes it's hard to align your goals into that world. So you can find me at thenetworkconcierge.com. You can set up a discovery call. We can meet for 30 minutes, talk about your goals and see if it's a good fit. I just released a blog this week. You can also find that on my website that talks about finding a career coach for you. And so that'll kind of take you through some ideas about if we're a good fit, but we won't know until we get on the phone. Yep. And I have to speak on your emails that you send out because I am not trying to work for corporate companies, but I always find some like aha moments in your emails. So they do pertain to, I feel like everyone in some way, shape or form and again, always motivating and always getting you thinking in a better way for yourself. Yes, sign up for my weekly emails. So at least, yes, I was going to say at least, if anything, even if you aren't work, you know, wanting to work with a coach right now, sign up for her emails. You will not regret it. I appreciate you having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, always. I always look forward to any conversation I have with you. And... What other places can they find you? I know I'm on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn you're on there. The Network Concierge on LinkedIn, Susan Collins on LinkedIn, and then my website. All right, perfect. And why don't you tell everybody where you're actually located? I know you work virtually, but where are you actually located geographically? Well, I live in Texas. I have always had offices. I worked for a company based out of Seattle. I worked for a company based out of New York. I worked for a company based out of Boston. The last three companies I worked for, I commuted to Boston once a month and uh, somehow always was able to live. I live seven doors down from my parents as they, they've aged, they've moved in close to me. And so I have an opportunity to take care of two wonderful grown, almost grown boys and uh, be a part of my parents' lives. And it's pretty amazing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything and taking the time to be on here to share with people your expertise. And again, everyone make sure and follow her along her journey as well as an entrepreneur. So thank you again. And thanks for listening. If you find that you're lacking inspiration or not feeling confident in your clothing anymore, hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok under at Surreal Style with Courtney, or visit my website, surrealstylewithcourtney.com, and let's connect. Tune in next week where we'll be learning from a makeup artist on a process called makeup therapy. Until then, have a great week.